Good afternoon, everyone. We're excited to be here to celebrate the 38th annual BC Expert Awards and to celebrate the success of British Columbian companies exporting Canadian goods all over the world. My name is Kirk Point. I'm the publisher and the editor-in-chief of BIV, where we provide essential business information and events to help our readers engage, interact, and succeed. I'd like to begin today by acknowledging that the land on which we're gathering is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We're here today to honor top businesses for leading the charge in bringing the province's expertise to the world and to acknowledge these exporters as they are industry champions, corporate role models who stimulate greater involvement in exporting among all facets of the province's business communities. Our nominees today comprise businesses in all sectors to endeavor and deliver quality uh, BC goods to new markets in the global arena. These finalists have done an exemplary job in an incredibly competitive environment, particularly this year, and they contribute to our quality of life in this beautiful province, exporting and global trade in really makes a, a significant impact on our provincial economy, our standard of living and our collective future. The companies we present to you today are truly inspiring and we thank them for their incredible contribution to this province. We're pleased to partner with the British Columbian government on this virtual event. And of course, we regret doing so virtually. And we'll, we'll be back next year, we think, with an in-person event. I was privileged to sit on this year's judging panel and I'd like to give thanks to uh, my fellow judges, Andrew Wynn Williams of the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters, Jim Ann Holt of the BC government and Alison Bolton of Export Navigator for their insight and expertise in helping us reach our conclusions today. It's time to present the first award of the day in advanced technology in that category. For this, I'm gonna introduce the BC Minister of State for Trade, George Chow. The advanced technology category recognizes companies with excellence in processes, products, or services that are at the leading edge of their industry in our province. They are driving our innovation and generating strong markets globally for their world-class visions. Their efforts are sending a strong signal of BC's capacity to compete on the international stage in an array of industries. Here's Haley Wooden to talk about this year's nominees. N-Wave is first to successfully bring together vacuum and microwave technologies for commercial use. Their innovative and patented REV technology dehydrates food and organics far quicker than previously possible, which results in dramatically reduced processing time and costs, less spoilage, and the ability to develop foods that are healthier, tastier, and have a longer shelf life. Global Relay is the leading provider of cloud-based archiving, supervision, e-discovery, and analytics solutions for the global finance sector and other highly regulated industries. The company helps financial services firms capture and preserve their electronic communications for compliance record keeping and supervision. Global Relay has more than 20,000 customers around the world, including 22 of the top 25 global banks. Quadrogen Power Systems is a clean tech company that designs, builds, and installs cost-effective gas cleanup and upgrading solutions for the industrial and renewable energy sector. Their proprietary technologies allow clients to turn waste biogas and syngas into valuable green products and resources. Currently, the company is commissioning the world's first hex generation project in Delta. And the winner is Global Relay. Congratulations, Global Relay. And to accept the award, I'd like to ask Global Relay's Director of Operations, Kelvin Ng, to say a few words. So Kelvin, please unmute yourself and uh, say a few words. Thank you so much, Kurt. This is truly an honor for us. And I'm delighted to be joining you today. And uh, I mean, I congratulate all the others who were finalists in this competition. Uh, they're, they're truly deserving companies and businesses. Uh, Global Relay's been uh, around for about 21 years, we're very delighted uh, to have experienced some good success uh, over this period of time, but uh, to maintain Vancouver and British Columbia is as our home. Uh, this is still where uh, the bulk of our employees reside. We have 600 people in our Vancouver Gastown offices, and uh, over the last 
uh, I guess, four or five years, we've really uh, made some inroads in uh, other, I guess, on the global stage. In London, we started out with about three people a number of years ago, and even three years ago, we only had about 20 employees, and today we are just tapping on 200, and of course, uh, as we grow, we uh, generate uh, revenues that come right back to British Columbia. You saw in the presentation both our head office in Gastown, where we occupy pretty much uh, five full floors of office space, and then there was a little, little bit of a clip of our data center facility uh, up in North Vancouver. So we are truly a homegrown business, and we're delighted to be able to step out, wave the flag for BC, and uh, hopefully uh, kind of pioneer for other businesses here as well. We work closely with BC Tech and uh, to, to try to uh, support some of their initiatives. And once again, thank you very, very much. This, this is uh, really just a source of pride for us to be British Columbians. Well, Kelvin, thanks so much for this. Uh, I also, I think maybe a little bit of improvisation here uh, we'll go a long way today and with our event over the, the hour, but I wanted to ask, I just wanted to ask you one question about the pandemic and how, what, what kind of, uh, challenge it's been for you as a company and how it is that you've managed to, to stay resilient through all of it. Well, a, a couple of things happened. I, I mean, it was about a year ago where we closed down our offices and sent all our staff home. So it, it was a combination of things. One was absolutely a top-tier uh, top team. Um, our network operations people literally worked around the clock to equip hundreds of people uh, on a global basis. Um, and they, they got everybody, uh, everything they needed to kind of carry on. The second thing is the fact that uh, we, we kind of, had the resiliency as a private organization to understand that this might, the, the pandemic might impact our supply chain. So we got ahead of the game. Uh, we invested quite significantly in buying ahead of the curve. And so we, we kind of spent our budget that we didn't anticipate having to spend uh, immediately, but we, we took that uh, step and kind of got ahead of the curve on that front as well. And so uh, more than anything though, I mean, I mean, you know, who, who could have predicted it would have lasted this long, but yeah. we, we just kind of, it, there's a lot of teamwork and we just hunkered down. And uh, as I say, being private, we, we can, uh, I, I guess, make decisions fairly quickly. And uh, that, that has definitely helped us. And we, we have grown through this situation. Interesting, eh? I mean, last last little thing then, and so you you feel like some stability has has arrived for you. I wouldn't quite say stability. Um, we're still living and learning on a daily basis, but uh, you know, it, uh, well, the other major component I, I think that has helped us through this is the fact that we're a cloud-based technology, so. We, we're pretty accustomed to doing things remotely and serving our customers as well as, uh, you, you know, having staff who are accustomed to working in a number of global locations. So we've learned to collaborate uh, in a virtual world and that, that has definitely uh, been a benefit to us uh, through these trying times. Well, congratulations, Kelvin, and congratulations to the team at Global Relay. Thank you so much, Kirk. Our second award in this is in the category of emerging exporter, and it's given to a newer firm making a large impression abroad. Again, I'm gonna hand over the introduction and announcement to Minister George Chow. Our second award today is in the emerging export category. This award recognizes a company that has made its initial entry into an export market and achieved notable early success. The award acknowledges the company's ability to overcome obstacles in order to expand its potential markets and grow its business through export. 
They have their fingers on the pulse of the emerging markets and the latest product. And this year, our three finalists continue this tradition. Let's meet our three nominees. Big Mountain Foods is proudly owned and operated by a mother-daughter duo. All products are gluten, nut, and soy-free, certified vegan, non-GMO, and sold fresh at retailers including Kroger, Whole Foods, and Loblaws. Big Mountain Foods is expanding into a 70,000-square-foot facility to scale up production capacity. By 2022, the company plans to run a zero-waste facility. Meta Optima is a digital health company that strives to empower patients and care providers with intelligent solutions for faster and more accurate care. The company created DermEngine, an advanced dermatology platform for imaging, documentation, and analysis of skin conditions, including skin cancers. Powered by artificial intelligence, the system allows clients around the world to better manage their workflows. Mimic is a pioneering hybrid edge cloud company. The company's technology enables edge devices to act as servers, allowing data to get processed closest to the point of creation and consumption. Mimic offers developers the ability to process data directly on consumers' devices, reducing latency and increasing data privacy. And the winner is Big Mountain Foods. Congratulations, Big Mountain Foods, on the award in the emerging exporter category. I'd like to invite Jasmine Byrne, the Vice President of Big Mountain Foods, to accept the award and to say a few words. Jasmine, let, unmute yourself, let your video be free, and uh, let's let's hear from you. Hi, everyone. Wow. Um, I'm actually a little bit blown away. I wasn't expecting um, to win this award just because uh, Meta Optima Technology and Mimic Technology also have some fantastic innovation and technology. And um, yeah, there was big competition this year. Um, on behalf of Big Mountain Foods, I'm so honored to accept this award. Um, the Emerging Export Award is so important to us and um, such an honor as we expand our business uh, currently across the border. Um, Big Mountain Foods, as we mentioned, is moving into a 70,000 square foot facility today. I'm actually sitting in our new boardroom, and um, this is my first Zoom meeting <laughs> in the new boardroom. So the irony of winning this award, as well as expanding so we can meet consumer demand, um, is just phenomenal. And this award really shows that we're moving Big Mountain Foods in the right direction. So thank you, Business in Vancouver, for nominating us and allowing us to win this award. Well, Jasmine, uh, while I've got you there in your in your new digs, um, which look pretty nice, uh, you're probably going to need a couple of more plants in the background there for you, but that's okay. I haven't uh, to fill up the shelves yet. <laughs> oh no, I'm sure I'm sure you will. Uh, but it's so interesting that you you could keep proceeding with this kind of expansion when you've got this sort of potential big deal interruption. Huh? So th were there were there some Decisions to make in all of this about uh, whether to slow it down, whether to whether to you know hold off, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, with Big Mountain, we all saw that the customers started to go crazy, impulse buying at the grocery stores. So we we didn't notice our sales go down, but what we did pick up on was that our current facility was um, running too small for. Um, COVID restrictions. So that really pushed us to finalize this new facility because we were having to do extra shifts, night shifts, weekend shifts to try to, you know, have all the COVID protocol in place. And we've been really lucky to not have an outbreak in, in our facility. And we have great quality assurance on our team that's making sure everyone's safe. But um, a lot more people eating at home has definitely been positive on our on our growth <laughs> yeah definitely uh, but but i'm interested also in in the effort that you had to make to deal with your space because uh, a lot of places have have had less success than you're having in terms of dealing with space uh, in order to keep production going at a level that meets demand mm -hmm. yeah so we we've been running seven days a week shorter shifts not crossing we have full second uh shift employees that we had to bring on so it's it's been tough and challenging and i'm 
I'm glad we're in the new facility <laughs> to help with that. You you don't sound tired, but uh, uh, but uh, but probably your voice is about a half octave lower than it was a year ago, right? Yes. Well, actually, downstairs I had to run up here and put on a suit jacket because I was helping them stage all the equipment downstairs in in the plant. So a lot of moving parts right now. It is a lot of moving parts, uh, but this is a new phase for your company. And do you have a uh, an objective in 2021 and 2022 about how large you can become? Yes, our goal right now for sales is to go tenfold. And we have wow. some amazing innovation that I can't speak about right now, but you'll be able to, you'll see it on shelves, hopefully by um, Q4 of this year. Um, it's really going to set the stage for the plant-based industry and we're so excited to launch it. Yeah, you're one of the few places where people are truly excited about the situation um, in this environment, right? Yes, plant-based is is booming, and I don't think it's going away. <laughs> no, no, clearly not. And British Columbia, as you know, has had a, a very good history in, in embracing this and getting ahead of yeah. where a lot of the rest of the country, the rest of the continent has gone. Mm-hmm. The Vancouver, BC, actually... The, we have so much innovation and amazing companies that have come out and um, are now exporting globally. So it's great to be a part of such an awesome network of people here locally. Well, I'm not going to interrupt your work unduly. I'm going to let you get back to it. Uh, although you have to hang in because we're still have uh, the exporter of the year. So we probably have to stay put at least to the top of the hour. But Jasmine, thanks so much. Congratulations today to Big Mountain Foods. Thank you. So we have uh, three more awards left on today's program. But first, I had a chance to spend some time with Minister Chow uh, to talk about BC's trade approaches and uh, some of the strategies that are there uh, during the pandemic. For the next few minutes, here's our conversation. Minister Chow, uh, the pandemic changed a lot of things uh, for all of us in the world. I want to know what you feel it changed around the export strategy for the province. Well, I think it will change our strategy going forward. But right now, we also change our strategy, how we actually help the businesses. So we're helping the business doing virtual online uh, assistance. Uh, So this is what we're focusing on, you know, also helping the business to navigate the provincial and federal help uh, for the COVID strategies that the both governments have put out. And uh, this is what we are primarily focused on. And we also will be focusing on the trade diversification strategy for British Columbia going forward, because now the world is going to be different. I think our trading partner is going to be different. The economies are going to be different. So this is what we're focusing on. I want to get into a bit of that with you, but I wanted to find out, first of all, how the government felt it needed to respond when the pandemic came. Yes, uh, we definitely need to respond because uh, particularly uh, with regard to the service and also the tourism industry, because it's hard hit. So we really need to respond to that. And uh, but of course, uh, our main focus, of course, is get the pandemic under control because without getting that under control, it's going to not going to help in terms of getting back to uh, our business. Well, let alone talking about uh, international travel, but just domestic consumption uh, and domestic travel. So this is our main focus: is making people safe and making our seniors safe. And uh, uh, that's really the overriding strategy right now. You um, you alluded to the fact that uh, governments have stepped in with a lot of programs, and and it's very clear that at uh, senior levels of government there has been quite a bit of support for businesses. But I want about a year into this now to get an assessment from you of the strengths and the challenges uh, for the export environment for British Columbia businesses. I think the main uh, challenge for us for the export environment is basically the uh, world economy is just not recovering yet. So 
our sales, our export sales is dependent on how good uh, our export market doing. So uh, in fact, that's uh, the reason why our export is down 10%, say compared to last year. But other than that, I think uh, everything is still going well. I think our export uh, in agri-food and uh, seafood and some of the biosciences are doing well. And I think it's really uh, certain sectors that are in challenge. But I think looking at now that the US as a new government and a new administration and and the, the, the world trade environment is different. We need a different strategies. And I think we are going along with that. Uh, how do we actually, we will be doing some consultation in order to ask stakeholders you know, what we should be doing in order to sell our products around the world. You know, we have a lot of things to offer in terms of green technology and, you know, our uh, products that are based on very, very uh, green management. Our green BC plan is a plus in terms of uh, producing the product. So, so we are, you know, we're doing okay in terms of export for now, but uh, we, we need to diversify. I think that's what we need going forward. So, so as the government uh, consults the industry, and uh, takes a look at what the opportunities are in all of this. Are you approaching this with any new thinking about how government needs to support exporters? Uh, anything that you've learned in the pandemic you think that raises the opportunity to have some new programming or some new initiatives? Well, of course, now we have our existing programming, for example, the program with the Greater Vancouver Port of Trade, the Trade Accelerator Program is a great program whereby we select a, a company that are already exporting but could use a bit of more advance in strategy and, and that's what we're doing. And our for ourselves, we also have the Export Navigators Program. And I think uh, going forward, I, I really think that we need to have a thorough conversation of our stakeholders as to what our BC economy is like and what's, what's it like going forward in five years, 10 years time, and how do we want to do business and how do we actually want to drive our economy? I, I think that's the one of my mandate, my mandate letter is to come up with the trade diversification strategy, including a different kind of industry. And I, I think we're working on a work plan right now, and that would be uh, coming forward. I want to ask a couple of questions about our two largest trading partners, and I'll start with the United States. Of course, we're only in the first few weeks of a Biden administration. Um, you can see some evidence that, uh, that the president is going to be focusing quite a bit on, say, Buy America programs, and, uh, and that, you know, a lot of ways we're we're going to probably have to deal with that as, as a province. But um, what are the early signals you think British Columbia is getting out of uh, President Biden and, and his administration about uh, the relationships that we'll have as British Columbians in that market? Well, as you know, the U.S. is our greatest uh, trading partner and we really rely on cooperation, understanding between Canada and U.S. And I I, uh, we have not had a chance to uh, talk yet. Uh, uh, both Minister Cullen and myself will be talking to the U.S. Uh, Consulate General. And of course, our Prime Minister has also talked to the President as well. And I think it's very important that we uh, get our message across that uh, being British Columbia is a good trading partner for the U.S. And I think uh, we want to make sure that our product has good access to the U.S. market and that we would be in a cooperative manner rather than actually fighting each other. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, China and the uncertainty that's there. And now you've, you've spent a lot of your career really focused very well on, on China. You, you would probably be in uh, the provincial cabinet, one of the experts on, on this. Um, again, what are the signals that you're seeing 
at the moment out of China uh, because uh, you know obviously there's there's a lot at play there and there's a lot at stake for British Columbian exporters in trying to ensure that they continue to have a strong relationship there. Yes, China is our second largest trading partner and I think we really have to, in terms of international relations we would look to the federal government to deal with that issue but uh, domestically in British Columbia, we have a great advantage in that we are on the Pacific. Not only that, we are sister province to the province of Guangdong, which is really an economic engine for, for the People's Republic of China. And we would actually uh, 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 try to deepen that relationship because uh, our export to China, in the top, of course, is commodities such as mineral product, but we also could offer uh, other things, services, cultural uh, services, and also our engineering services, our green tech. So we wanted to uh, deepen that relationship. And one of the things that we're doing is that we're changing the way we're doing business uh, in nation. Uh, before, we have these contractors who actually work for the uh, Columbia government, but we're changing that to be an employee model. And these employees will be hired, they'll be stationed at our embassies and consulates offices. And working with the trade commissioners of Canada, I think we would actually get better return on the money we spend trying to get much trade. And I think it's also very important to know that uh, we are for China, for example, we should be moving away from the coastal city more into the interior because there is actually more opportunity there. Even in terms of housing, I think the interior, uh, they don't always build with concrete. And I think we're trying to uh, establish ourselves as a premium supplier for engineering wood products like mass timber and trying to establish a building system that we could export to them so that they could actually put up uh, housing quickly, but also deny to the environment. Of course, China really want to reduce greenhouse gas emission. So I, I think that's basically our plan. And hopefully, we could uh, go forward with the leadership of the federal government in terms of our national relations. Last question, uh, Minister. You alluded to the diversification that's necessary, and you're quite right. The United States is our largest partner. China is our second largest partner. But where do you see the biggest openings for British Columbia in terms of enhancing its trade relationships with other countries and regions of the world? Where are where's the where do we go fishing here? Well, I think we should be looking at some of the ASEAN nations, such as Vietnam. It's really going well, and the other one that I believe that's doing well, it's. Uh, uh, Indonesia as well as the Philippines. Those are the market that we should be exploring. And, and I think we will be putting some focus on that. Uh, and uh, so, you know, this is our focus now as a world. And of course, the other two partners as well, like Japan, our <laughs> third largest trading partner in Korea, will be, uh, you know, continuing trading with them and India as well. And Taiwan, for example, it's, it's a great trading partner. So we uh, we should be looking at all these nations and, and not really just focus on you know, a handful. I, I think we are a middle economy. So I think with uh, our reputation in the world, we could actually sell to these uh, uh, equivalent economy much better than we can sell to a bigger economy. And I think we could actually supply turnkey products our engineering expertise, there's in mining, in forestry, in environmental sciences, you know, water treatment, you know, all these we could actually play to uh, when we go to uh, some of the economy that are more equivalent to ours in terms of size. Well, I want to thank you today for joining us at the BC Export Awards for the support that you're giving the uh, export community. And thanks again for your time. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for your interviews. Our thanks to the Minister of State for Trade, George Chow, and welcome back to the 38th 
BC Export Awards. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of BIV. Our next category is in manufactured products, and I'd like to welcome to make the presentation the BC Minister for Jobs, Innovation, and Economic Recovery, Rava Kalan. The Manufactured Products Award recognizes a company that builds innovative systems or value-added components, machinery, and or equipment for industrial and commercial use. Value-added manufacturing is a vital aspect of our industry, supplying jobs and stimulus to our economy. Our finalists today represent organizations that are committed to our community and our province for their goods and production. Let's take a look at the finalists for this year. Artron has two divisions that cater to different segments of the in vitro diagnostic industry. Artron Bioresearch provides raw materials, and Artron Laboratories uses these to manufacture a range of innovative rapid test kits and uncut sheets. Products are mainly exported to IVD industry manufacturers and distributors in Europe, Asia, Latin America, Africa, and the Middle East. BE Power Equipment is a leading global manufacturer of commercial and industrial pressure washers, air compressors, power generators, and water pumps. BE is focused on designing quality products and delivering exceptional service while remaining innovative. The company has grown to be three times the size of any pressure washer manufacturer in Canada. With more than 80 years of experience, Kalashnikov produces some of the highest quality engineered timber solutions for a global market. The company is North America's most advanced, vertically integrated, multi-species mass timber manufacturer. By leveraging their production facilities and integrated timber supply, Kalashnikov is able to manage products, reduce waste, and optimize value. And the winner is Kalashnikov. Well, congratulations to Kolesnikov, and I want to invite uh, to say a few words Ken Kolesnikov, who is, of course, uh, the, the with, with the company. Uh, Ken, join us, unmute yourself there, and uh, let's let's talk. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to thank uh, you for this incredible honor, and con congratulations to all of the other nominees in this category. Uh, we're very pleased to be named BC Stop Ex Exporter of Manufactured Products. This acknowledgement comes uh, a year after Kolesnikov opened our industry-leading mass timber facility and launched our line of mass timber products. This award builds on how we've built our global markets over four decades and how our success keeps adding up, even during the global pandemic. As a fourth-generation family-owned business, we have 81 years of history in the lumber industry. We've been global exporters since the 1980s and have a rich background in exporting with as much as 80% of our products going to global markets outside of the US in any one year. From the time my great-grandfather and great-granduncle started the business, the Kolesnikov family has been innovating, adapting to changing times and investing in the future. That's why our sawmill continued to thrive at times when mills around the province were closing down. And that's why we expanded into to becoming North America's only fully integrated multi-species mass timber provider. We manage our entire timber supply, or sorry, supply chain, all the way from the seedlings we plant to the mass timber solutions we build and design for our world-class facility. With our mass timber offerings, we are creating new, highly skilled jobs, investing in technology, and supporting our communities, as well as our wonderful employees. We're, we're proud to add substantial value to our product locally in BC before serving the markets of the world. <clears throat> our mass timber is being used for schools, community housing, university, residence, commercial buildings, and more. Our mass timber is being used throughout North America and beyond. We are excited to be working on our first mass timber project in India and are looking forward to expanding it to markets in, in Japan as well as other Asia rim countries. Sorry. Thank you again for naming us the Manufacturer Pro Products Exporter of the Year. We appreciate this honor and are looking forward to a very positive future. Thank you again to the business in Vancouver for holding these ex esteemed awards to recognize leading exporters or export businesses, businesses in the province. I'd also like to take the opportunity to thank Minister Chow for advocating for BC exporters, reducing barriers to trade, and supporting exporters in connecting with their global markets. 
Thank you as well to Minister Callan for championing the use of mass timber and innovation in the forest sector and for all you've done for supporting BC's business throughout the pandemic. And lastly, I'd like to recognize our team. Thank you very much. Well, Ken, congratulations. Uh, as president and CEO, I would imagine there's no preceding president and CEO that has had the year that you've had to have. Um, so um, tell me something. Uh, what's been what's been the biggest challenge for you this year? Well, as everybody's already mentioned, the uh, the pandemic definitely threw a monkey wrench into things. We were in the middle of uh, commissioning our facility when the pandemic hit. The equipment we purchased, a lot of it is from Europe. And so we had BC government actually helped us a lot in creating a plan, a COVID plan, to allow these people to come in and commission the facility. Otherwise, a small company like us that took the risk we took on this investment was really going to be in trouble had those uh, people not been able to, professionals not been able to come and commission the facility. Um, so it's been it's been a challenge from that side, but I have to say that we're very um, um, lucky, I guess is a, is a word that I would use, to have the team that we have here and the hard work that everybody put in. And, and, and was it, we were able to maneuver through those challenges. I mean, as an 80-year company, um, you would have been a, a, a massive uh, loss if, if things had begin to, uh, begin to falter in all of this. But uh, does the fact that you've had this longevity um, provide you with enough institutional experience, enough experience inside the firm, and enough of a, of a reach into global markets to, to frankly, you know, to, to weather this awful storm? Yeah, I think our, again, I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to our people. Um, everybody came together. Um, the culture we have here is fantastic. And I think over the years, we've really worked hard at, uh, at growing that. We've also worked very hard at growing a reputation of a company that supplies high quality product. And I think that's helped us. People recognize the name and therefore has helped us through, through these difficult times. But looking forward, um, it's it's pretty positive. We're very optimistic. We're very confident in uh, in the future of uh, mass timber, and um, we hope that this will go for another ten generations. Wow. Well, you're looking healthy, but I want to I want to ask you a question that I ask a fair number of people who are leading companies right now. Do you like your job better than you did a year ago? You know, it's funny. Uh, for me, I have two very strong children <laughs> okay take a breath and they're very they're they're very dedicated to the company so that really helps and having everybody else here uh believing in the company very important Well, Ken, <laughs> I didn't expect to make anyone <laughs> well up, but that's a, that's so genuine, and I really appreciate the authenticity of you thanking your family, thanking your children, and, and the kind of support that they've had, and as I'm sure you were a supporter to generations before you. So congratulations again. Thank you so much, Kirk. Well, congratulations, Ken, and to the team at Kalashnikov on today's award. Our fourth category is in professional services. I'll again hand the virtual stage back to Minister Callan to make the presentation. The Professional Services Award acknowledges companies and organizations that provide key advice, technical support, or educational programs. Exporting high-value services and technological know-how is a growing area of Canada's international trade opportunities. These finalists, build successful relationships all over the globe by providing high value quality service solutions that are practical and economical for their clients. So let's have a look. Codan Communications is a trusted provider of radio communications products and solutions that help customers protect, inform, and save lives. Codan is renowned globally for protecting and serving communities through communications, whether used for conducting a search and rescue, containing a wildfire, maintaining public safety, or providing security at a high-profile event. 
MTU Maintenance Canada is the North American member of MTU Maintenance Network of Companies, the largest independent provider of commercial engine maintenance services worldwide. The company repairs and overhauls engines and accessories and performs engine tests. MTU Maintenance also provides technical and logistic support, custom-made spare parts services, personalized work scoping, and warranty administration. Top Flight has distinguished itself internationally as the world's premier mountain training school. Elite pilots from around the world train at the company's state-of-the-art facility. Top Flight is the first school to be accredited by Airbus helicopters and Bell helicopters, meeting strict requirements for mountain training. And the winner is Top Flight Elite Training. Well, congratulations, Top Flight. Uh, want to. Uh introduce Dave Schwarzenberger is going to be talking to us and he's the general manager of Top Flight to accept the awards. Thank you Kirk. Uh, congratulations to the other nominees and we're uh, extremely pleased to receive this award. Uh, so on behalf of Top Flight Lead Training and Charter Services I'd like to thank the uh, BC Expert Awards of course uh, for this uh, award and recognition of our company. Uh, we're a very unique BC-born business, and we support aviation safety worldwide through specialized helicopter pilot training. And in order to be successful in the long term, we do rely on, in part, uh, the BC government, uh, which is very involved in, in this today. And I'd like to thank both the uh, ministers in attendance, the Honourable George Chow and Honourable, uh, Honourable uh, Ravi Cullen, uh, for their support and their continued full support uh, in, in the future of our business. Uh, and lastly, I'd like to thank uh, Top Flight employees and our management group uh, for all their support and efforts. It's really allowed Top Flight to become a world-renowned, world-class business right here in British Columbia. Thank you, Kirk. Dave, uh, I'm not going to let you go uh, without oh, okay. a couple of no questions. Problem. Okay, well, that's great. Good to see you, and uh, congratulations again. Uh, you know, it's uh, everybody's talked about how their companies have, um, you know, have depended a lot on their teams to step up to, uh, during this difficult time. Um, a lot of companies have had to really change their plans almost entirely in order to get through this. But, but what's, what, what's the one thing that you can point to in the last year that you think really is going to stick out when you look back, say in five or 10 years, on what kind of uh, 2020 we've all had? Yeah, this this has been especially difficult for a business uh, such as ours, where we rely on um, our product or services face to face, human to human, and uh, obviously with travel restrictions, border restrictions, uh, very difficult to move on. Uh, but I think the the diversity uh, of these businesses in BC is important, as as people have mentioned, and, and for us, uh, we've been able to still provide our training, especially to the military forces uh, where they've been able to uh, attend our training center. And we've also been able to go uh, to different places uh, all over the world to, to provide our services as well. Uh, but uh, again, um, very difficult with the type of business we're in. So I yeah. can't really point to anything directly, but uh, obviously we have done more online training like this, but it's something very practical, hands-on that, that our company provides. When we think about what our um, impressions were of the pandemic and what our concerns were at the beginning, you know, we were talking about not touching our faces and, you know, uh, keeping away from surfaces and, uh, and then it became more of an airborne issue and all of that. Uh, your, your company must have had to make about three or four different little pivots in all of this in order to keep, keep the motor running. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we have our, our COVID crash carts in the hangar and uh, we're uh, obviously being very cleanly and, uh, and, and making sure aircraft are, are good to fly. But uh, definitely some challenges, Kirk. And I know every company uh, throughout the province has dealt with and uh, we're no exception. And definitely a lot of protocols and a lot of innovation to try and continue to operate like we did prior to the pandemic. So uh, definitely a, a challenge that we accepted and have been uh, doing okay with. And, and has, it, uh, has it been possible for you to, to actually build international markets, to, to keep scouting for export opportunities and all of this? Did it take some time when, uh, when everything got pretty dark there uh, for you to, to keep that kind of momentum? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I think it allowed us to, we weren't quite as busy, so it allowed a bit more concentration on what are we going to do after the pandemic has is, is improved. And that really allowed us to look at different markets and really explore different markets. And uh, my worry now is the door is going to get kicked in when, uh, when this is all over and we'll be extremely busy, but a good problem to have. It is a great problem to have. You know, uh, now, uh, then the last question about that, if that door gets kicked in, if you get really busy, um, are you able to recruit all that easily? Is, it, uh, is, that, is that a big challenge too, the onboarding of, of employees and making sure that in your case in particular, you have some real specifications to, to demand of your employees? Sure. Uh, for example, one of our specialized helicopter pilot instructors, it's, it's almost a year of training before they're, they're able to really uh, do what we need them to do with customers and our military and government customers. Um, so we've been very fortunate. Our management group has been very supportive and uh, we've kept our full staff, even though we've, we have had a reduction, uh, but we're ready. We're ready to hit the ground running and, uh, and really uh, take that, uh, uh, that full onslaught of, of our customers uh, from all over the world uh, on and uh, be able to provide the training that they're really, really, uh, they're sourcing out and looking for. So that's been the good part is we've been really been able to set up the future and some of these opportunities internationally come moving forward. Well, good luck in encountering that problem, Dave. Yes, That's thank you. Um, and thank you to our four winners today, but don't go away yet. And so uh, we want to thank Top Flight, Big Mountain Foods, Global Relay, and Kalashnikov uh, for their honors. Uh, before we get to our exporter of the year, however, I had the opportunity to talk to Minister Callan about some of his strategies in the early going of his new Ministry of Economic Recovery. Well, Mr. Callan, thanks a lot for joining us. I, I want to get to, first of all, a bit of a top of the wave kind of understanding about uh, the nature of the role that you've taken on here with economic recovery. Yeah, thanks, Kirk. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the program with you. And uh, uh, certainly uh, when uh, the Premier was uh, calling, making calls and asking people what they would be interested in, uh, I did say I was interested in a jobs economic development uh, portfolio. Um, and then he put it on steroids by putting economic recovery into it. And so uh, a lot of the work we're doing right now is uh, obviously ensuring the supports are there for small businesses and people. Uh, but at the same time, looking at our programs and saying, how has COVID changed and how uh, are the needs changing and trying to adjust our programs uh, according to the needs uh, from in particular the business sector. And, uh, and then very soon from here, we're starting to shift into what does the restart look like? And then what does the future look like? You know, we can't be thinking about, you know, going back to normal. Uh, everyone understands it's going to be a new normal. Uh, and so we're starting to get into that. What does that new normal look like for the province? And, uh, and it's just pretty exciting stuff, actually. Yeah, I mean, you, you have this interesting background in coming into politics and in that you, you, you know, you're coming from the field of athletics. You've been a coach. Yeah. I want to know now that now that you're a cabinet minister, how is yeah. how is being a minister like being a coach and in the, well, in the recovery? Yeah, well, I was fortunate to represent Canada in two Olympics, and so uh, that uh, that experience in sport actually positioned me really well for this because the the same drive and passion for excellence is what you have to have in, in this role, uh, and uh, you know you become uh, anyone that's played a high level sport will tell you that you become uh, very process oriented uh, as opposed to outcome oriented. So I, uh, I, I focus on what I'm going to do day to day. Um, I, I, I say I grind, but uh, every single day is an opportunity to uh, make things better uh, for the province and my file. And, uh, and, you know, the other thing you learn about sport that helps you here is about leadership. And, uh, and, you know, what's critical in sport is in some games, you're, you're the person out in front and in some games, you're the person in behind. And uh, at all times of uh, sport and same in, in this ministry, it's about surrounding yourself with good people and making them uh, better. Uh, and so uh, those are kind of the, the principles I use uh, in, in the work I do here. Oh, then let me adopt uh, your approach on process and talk about what were the early priorities in stabilizing, supporting the economy? Well, we're fortunate here in BC. I know that a lot of businesses are still struggling and it's, it's difficult. I mean, my family ran a, 
uh, a restaurant for a, a decade over here and we didn't have to deal with pandemic. It was hard enough. And so uh, I can appreciate how hard it is for folks that are trying to adjust their entire business practices to continue to operate. But we're fortunate that, uh, you know, we uh, we're the only jurisdiction west of New Brunswick that still has in restaurant dining. Uh, we had construction go all the way through without uh, any major disruptions. Our manufacturing sector continued to operate. Uh, and, uh, and, but we're seeing challenging times for tourism and hospitality industry, uh, nevertheless. And so one of the first tasks for me was to look at our programming and say, how can we make this better? You know, uh, it, I, I believe that nothing is good enough. Everything can be better. And so the first thing we did was, uh, sit down with folks from hospitality, from the tourism sector and say, okay, here are the programming we have. What would you like? to do to make this more accessible to your members. Uh, and so uh, I'm proud that the, one of the first things we did was rehaul the small business grant program uh, just to make it more uh, responsive to folks. And we're gonna need to continue to do that. Uh, as I've said, the pandemic keeps changing. And so so does government. The government needs to change with that as well. And, and that's been my uh, main goal in the first uh, few months. So we're gathered for the BC Export Awards, and I want to get a bit of a sense from you as you as you think about, of course, the domestic uh, recovery, but obviously the recovery has to be there as well for the export sector. What are the specific needs that you're seeing here in the pandemic? Yeah, well, uh, you know, we have a very uh, resilient uh, economy here in BC, and uh, and so even though uh, you know we haven't been able to do some of the things that we need to do, we continue to see huge opportunities. You know, I, I was just reading a, a piece on uh, on Biden and uh, and what means for the new president and what what that means for BC, uh, and I think that we uh, also there's two double-edged sword. A part of me is a little worried about the buy, buy America piece. And so, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to speaking to the ambassador and the consul general, what that means and how that will affect us. But I'm also looking forward to some opportunities. You know, they have a, a very uh, focused agenda on the on clean economy uh, and, and addressing climate change. And we produce the most low carbon products in the world. Uh, and so not only do we produce the lowest carbon products, we also have an opportunity because our supply chain is, is green. Uh, and so I think we have huge opportunities for exporting uh, not only our low carbon products, whether it's the resource sector or, or whatever, uh, but we also have huge opportunities, I believe, in exporting um, our clean, our climate change solutions. Uh, with the rest of the world. And so we'll be putting a lot of focus in on our manufacturing sector. We're going to be putting together an economic recovery framework uh, and uh, and manufacturing and export is going to be a critical part of that. Will that be uh, around budget time or w when would that be, do you think? Well, I think, uh, you know, we're we're not out of this pandemic now. And so our focus will be continuing to support the economy uh, and providing stability during this time. I think we'll start seeing a little bit of the discussion about the restart there. But I think from now to probably the fall is where we're going to be doing a lot of consultation to getting an understanding of what does the future economy look like? And then we'll be rolling out some of the critical pieces uh, from there. But, you know, I, uh, I learned early on, uh, Kirk, when I was uh, working uh, on bringing back a human rights commission for BC, uh, and I went to speak to indigenous leaders about human rights. And they, they said to me, are you talking about your human rights? Or are you talking about our human rights? Uh, mm -hmm. And one of the elders pulled me aside and said, um, I'll give you some advice my uncle gave me, which is uh, listen, learn, and then lead, uh, and always do it in that order. And so that's what I've been doing as a, as a minister is going out, listening, and learning from folks who are in the sector. And and uh, and our hope is to put together a framework after that consultation is done. Well, you alluded to the diversification issue that is so prominent. Minister Chow was earlier talking about this. We benefit from being neighbors of the United States and having this great shipping lane and access to Asia, particularly to China and all of this, but is, uh, is, is trade diversification almost job one right now? Well, uh, you know, it, it's a critical part of the entire components of what we have to do. Uh, you know, we have to relook at everything. Uh, we have to look relook at uh, uh, how we produce our food, uh, where the food is coming from. The, the pandemic has really uh, shooken up a lot of that. And, and uh, you know, we do have obviously some disputes uh, with the U.S. still, and we'll, we'll see what happens from uh, uh, with the new Biden administration. But also we see huge opportunities as well, because they have a real focus on 
uh, climate change. And uh, it was clear on the first days of their mandate, we produce the lowest carbon intensive products in the world. Um, and so now it's not even looking at the product itself and how it's manufactured, but also its supply chains. And so I think we have uh, huge opportunities to export uh, to uh, our existing partners, but I think there's opportunities to look at new partners as well. And that's something certainly we're going to be exploring in the, in the coming uh, months to years. And so there are some great strengths, obviously, to the British Columbian economy, some real pillars there. You can talk about those, but I also want to get an understanding from you about what you consider to be the critical uncertainties at the, for this time that are going to need attention in the near future. Yeah, I think uh, there's uncertainty everywhere. Uh, certainly, uh, I hear uh, in in the meetings that I've been having, and uh, and uh, and you know, in the short term, it's going to be a challenge for all of us because you know we're looking at this vaccine rollout. You know, how fast will it be produced? How fast can we get people vaccinated? How long will it take? Uh, how long will the vaccine be effective for? Uh, and so, all these pieces and the new variants uh, added a lot of uncertainty. But uh, as we see the rollout continuing to progress, as uh, has been laid out. Uh, our hope is with Q3, Q4, we start to see a real rebound as people maybe are able to travel within the province and, and business can go back to some sort of normal, but it'll be a new normal. It won't be the, the way it was before. And, uh, and, uh, but I, I'm really optimistic about the opportunities we have ahead of us as a province uh, and uh, real opportunities uh, about both attracting investment and also exporting our goods. You come from this background of sport and you talked earlier about process and obviously you have a lot of discipline about the way that you, you have your purpose, but you also, I would imagine, uh, have a pretty good sense of visualization as an athlete. And I want to talk about whether you can foresee some timelines here uh, mm -hmm. for certain elements of our recovery. Yeah, certainly the budget will be an important piece of setting the, the frame of where we're going to go, uh, but we're going to need to ensure that we uh, focus on providing the supports that people and businesses uh, need right now because we're not out of the pandemic. Uh, but we're going to continue to listen and, uh, and learn and, and engage with folks uh, in, in, in communities. And, and rail, uh, the focus will be putting on economic framework probably in the fall uh, to lay out where we're going to go not for where the economy was or uh, where you know it is going next year, but where is it going to go in 10, 20 years and really looking at the big picture. And, and part of that uh, focus will be for us is uh, innovation. We know that we we're, this uh, recovery will be led by innovation. Uh, it will be focused on sustainability. We need to meet our climate change uh, uh, objectives. Uh, and, and it needs to be focused on being inclusive. We need to ensure that everybody gets a chance to participate in economic growth uh, and that'll be a focus for us. I'm probably not the first one to mention this, but your title of Economic Recovery Minister probably is a, a job that you want to work yourself out of, isn't it? Well, uh, you know, I, my focus is uh, is on the economic recovery piece right now. But uh, within the the title, I think, is the path for where we need to go. Uh, innovation is going to be critical. It's going to lead us to where I think the province has the greatest potential. Uh, and, of course, the jobs come with that. But uh, I've never been too much for titles, uh, and uh, and for me, the, the main thing is getting the work done, uh, helping us position BC as uh, uh, as as a leader in the world in low carbon products. It's going to be a focus for us as a government, and and uh, again, I think there's huge opportunities for us as a province going forward. Well, Mr. Callan, great seeing you today. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me, Kirk. Our thanks to uh, Minister Callan, uh, who's of course the, the BC Minister of Jobs, Innovation and the Economic Recovery. And of course, uh, our thanks to Minister George Chow, Minister of State for Trade. Um, now today, uh, we have one more award left and that's for our Exporter of the Year. It comes among the four winners already in the, uh, in the afternoon. So I'm gonna bring it back to Minister Callan to make this presentation. Our final award today selects from among our four category winners, the Exporter of the Year. It is always the most difficult of the choices among such clearly accomplished firms. Our congratulations to award winners in each category, Klasnikov, Big Mountain Foods, Top Flight Elite Training, and Global Relay. And our Exporter of the Year is, I'm proud to announce, Global Relay. Congratulations. Well, congratulations to Global Relay. And again, I'd like to invite Kelvin Ng
from the company to, uh, the, to come back and uh, say a few words. So good to have you back here, Kelvin. Thank, thank you so much, Kirk. And, and wow, <laughs> that's um, a little bit of a surprise and super special, particularly uh, in view of seeing the and hearing from the various companies uh, who were the other finalists. Uh, it, it's really inspiring. And it, it just makes it uh, e even more rewarding to kind of be a business person. And uh, I know, you know, I'm, I'm amongst a really good company here. And it, it's, uh, you know, business has always been uh, my, my career path. And uh, I, I did it for a reason. And I, and I think we all do it for a reason, which is to create opportunities uh, for people around us and for our community. So this is uh, indeed just a massive honor for us. And as we expand our corporate footprint, uh, that is one thing that we keep in the back of our minds all the time. We, we just wanna bring opportunities back to our people and our community here. And uh, so we'll, we'll do our best to do you proud uh, and uh, kind of uh, earn our place for for uh, being the recipient of the, this great honor. I'm sure you will, Kelvin. I, mean, I want to say on behalf of the four judges that, uh, you know, this was a very, very difficult choice. Uh, the four terrific winners, all of them coming in a way at, at, uh, at issues in the last year from a, a slightly different perspective in some cases because of the, the, uh, the age of their company, of course, and, and some of the specific challenges they had. If you had to, to look back at, uh, at one specific challenge that you believe that you've you've pretty much overcome in the years, is there one to point to? Well, I, you know, I I think the biggest challenge is one that we're still dealing with, and that is uh, how do we stay engaged with people through these uh, circumstances? Because I mean. We're super thankful that we have the technology such as this to bring everybody together and continue to maintain business. But there really is no substitute for human face-to-face -face interaction. And I think we all miss that to a large extent. We're just making the best of it as business people do. Uh, so I think that's the big one. How do we keep people connected through this, maintaining uh, a sense of teamwork, maintaining a sense of culture that we've worked very, very hard as an organization to build for, well, as long as we've been around. And that, that has been the big hurdle for us. And we continue to try innovative things. Uh, we, we have cultural programs, but as I say, we're, we're all hoping and praying for that day, and hopefully it comes soon where uh, we, we can have physical interaction again. Yeah, the physical interaction will be great. Do, do, you, do you anticipate that there is, though, going to be a bit of a, a permanent shift? You know, will, will Global Relay have the same numbers of people day after day coming in to the place and dealing with things, or, or can you see there being a, you know, a hybrid or a almost a permanent remote work thing emerging for your company. Right, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a hybrid model for us, Kurt. Um, we, we know that, you know, everybody approaches things like pandemics in a different way, and there are different levels of comfort, and we wanna be respectful of everybody and meet them where they are. That's part of our uh, obligation and responsibility right, as an employer. So th there is going to be no move to bring people back physically. But then there are others who really want to get back as quickly as possible. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're uh, looking for the right balance as we move forward in terms of securing space and you know, uh, looking at what kind of facilities we build. And in fact, we're renovating in Gastown right now. So we are taking some of the lessons learned through COVID and trying to apply them and obviously speculating a bit and guessing a bit, but in a, hopefully an educated way 
But uh, to answer your question directly, I, I, I do anticipate a hybrid model and uh, yeah, and then we'll leave people to find their own comfort within that. Yeah, last question. Uh, I mean, obviously uh, for nominees and for the winners today, um, awards can be very good for, for employee morale. Uh, and morale, I think, everywhere has always been under some stress over the last uh, over the last year. Uh, can you point to something that that has you know really inspired you in terms of the morale of the people at Global Relay to 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 really give us a sense of uh, you know how how it is that you you almost fight your way through a pandemic like this? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, we we try to provide some leadership to channel. Uh, the energy and the, uh, I guess the, um, the the desire of our people to do positive things. So uh, one, one recent example was being located in Gastown, uh, Vancouverites all know that our retailers and our restaurants have really suffered uh, over the course of the past year. So because we could not do a staff Christmas party this year, uh, what we did was we worked in collaboration with the Gastown Business Society and handed out $200 gift cards for Gastown to every employee in lieu of the, uh, the gathering so that we could uh, kind of find something to bring our people together in a co cohesive way and uh, to also uh, put, uh, put a little bit of a, an injection back into the neighborhood here. And so things like that do wonders for people. They were, they were very glad that we could do something like that. And the cooler thing is quite a number of our people took their cards and in turn, just gave it to charity uh, in, in our community. So the food bank benefited a lot from it. So that, that's one example. And we continue to do things like this. So we're not just trying to keep, maintain the bonds with individual employees, but also to kind of channel uh, our investments into a direction which inspires people to, to be charitable and to be helpful. Well, there's no question the pandemic is teaching so many of us so many new things. Uh, one of the things I think that you're you're speaking of is the is the relationship to your community and how important that is. The one thing I don't think we're going to need to be taught, however, though, uh, Kelvin is once all of this is done, is is how to celebrate and how to party. So um, I'm going to let you defer that until the appropriate moment and and wish you a, a very happy party when you finally get it together. I'm going to take you up on that. I'm always, I'm always happy to accept that challenge. Kelvin, thanks so much. Congratulations for being Exporter of the Year at Global Relay. Thank you again, Kirk, and thank you to Business in Vancouver, and congratulations to the other nominees once again. And, and keep up the great work, guys. Uh, you know, you're what makes Vancouver the great place it is. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I want to thank our winners, of course, our nominees today. Uh, for their outstanding leadership in British Columbia. I want to thank the province of British Columbia for its support of this event uh, through some challenging times, I think you might admit, and uh, even a challenging hour here that we've spent today technically. Uh, we intend to be back next year uh, with a full in-person event. On behalf of BIV, on behalf of our technical director, Albert Van Sanford, on behalf of Haley Wooden, who uh, was uh, narrating a lot of the uh, work and describing our nominees. I'm Kirk LaPointe. Thanks a lot for watching today. Thank you for supporting this competition, for nominating, for participating, and we'll see you next year in person.